Do you feel like the city's been good to you in return? Um, not uh, as good as it could have been. Mm -hmm. Let's find a cleaner channel. I remember when I moved to LA from Denver and there were two places that I absolutely had to visit. The Viper Room in Hollywood and VIP Records. Technically, VIP Records was mandatory for me because everyone in Denver demanded a picture from there and just wanted me to go and talk to Snoop because they assumed that he would be there. But there was this understanding of how pivotal VIP Records was in the movement of West Coast hip hop. And of course, the sign sitting on top of the record store where Snoop did his Who Am I video is iconic. But now, the sign is just sitting in storage and has been for quite a while. The hope is to have it out so we can all see it and remember and acknowledge the legacy that goes along with it, but the process has been slow and often very difficult. I attended an event two weeks ago where I had the opportunity to interview Kelvin Anderson, who owns the iconic store that was once located on the corner of PCH and Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue. And now, with the help of Rhonda Love of Dream Creator Studios, Kelvin Anderson is working to make sure the sign has a new home that will hopefully be attached to a black music history museum and once again be a positive outlet for young people in the community. We will hear from Kelvin Anderson and find out how the Where's the Whistler campaign is working to make sure the VIP sign gets a new home on this week's The Word. We've had some amazing shows on our second season of The Word podcast. We've also delivered news that is important for your life and communities in the Long Beach Post, the Business Journal, and the High Low. While this content is always free, it's not free to create. So please take a moment and click the red Become a Member button at lbpost.com. For as little as $8.99 per month, you will receive discounts on Post merchandise, exclusive members-only newsletters, and exclusive previews on special editorial projects. Everything we do is for you, but we can't do it without you. Watch this. You are now listening to The Word with Jackie Ray. Once again, everybody, I am Jackie Ray, and it is my pleasure for the second time in a few days to be interviewing Kelvin Anderson, uh, the, the legend here in Long Beach, the creator of VIP Records. Thank you so much for coming in again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, Thanks again, for having me. Sunday was great, but I just wanted to kind of dive more into some things that that we didn't really get to talk about the first being i know you're working with rhonda love and dream creators and i know she kind of started the sunday sunday's event talking about nfts is that something vip records is getting into as well well most definitely uh you know the fact that the world famous vip record sign is a recognizable uh symbol and uh and what it stands for and represent uh, it makes it um, definitely qualifies as an NFT. So uh, she is definitely spearheading our efforts into getting into the NFT market. So we've been in this kind of limbo stage as far as the sign for a while. Is is Rhonda and Dream Creators helping you really push forward to get this the VIP sign a home and the museum? Yes, the, Rhonda is definitely spearheading uh, the charge on uh, working with the city, which she has a great relationship, I, I hope. I have a good relationship, but she has a great relationship. And she knows, you know, the city in and out. So as far as that effort and, you know, her background is in marketing and promotion, which is something that, you know, 
the team need a lot of help in uh, promoting the fact that, you know, our plan and goal is to uh, open a black music museum and have the sign be the anchor uh, for the museum and tell like, kind of like my last 50 year history of the record business. Uh, this is actually my 50th year in the business, seven years as an employee and 43 years as an owner. So, uh, you know, personally, I have collected a lot of things over the years, whether it's uh, music, uh, memorabilia, equipment that I think would be real fascinating to people and that people would love to see and reminisce over. You know, going back to the 45 record days, the uh, eight track days, uh, you know, and just the classic record player and, and music experience that started, you know, for me back in 1972 uh, to the current day. I wanted to kind of backtrack because we talked about that a little bit on Sunday and how important it was for you when you started VIP Records for it to be specifically so young people would have something positive to do outside of some of the gang activity that was going on in the neighborhood. Can you kind of, can you, well, when you started the recording studio in VIP, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, late 80s, um, early 90s, gang banging in Long Beach was a problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have two uh, groups of uh, gang members that's pretty much dominates the area, and that's the twenties and the insanes, which you know I know a lot of both sides. And you know, being born and raised in Mississippi and growing up in that type of environment, and coming out here to this day, I still don't understand it. I kind of get it, but and because you know, uh, gangs mostly consist of of guys from broken families, you know, don't have a father figure or, you know, because I know for a fact that I've seen gang members that had more love and respect for their homeboy than they did their parents. So I know that for a fact. But uh, it had gotten to the point where, you know, it was just too many young kids in the neighborhood dying behind gang violence. And uh, at one point, for six weeks, I uh, would come to work on a Monday morning, and it used to be a mortuary behind the shopping center that where the store at. And it'd be someone uh, there that I knew that was dead. So, you know, we played a VIP played a big part of, uh, of course, the the beginning of rap really, but we uh, played a big part of uh, the Compton movement with the NWA and all those guys and. The next big thing that we did was kind of too short in E-40 in the Bay Area and all of those guys. So because uh, I had witnessed my brother, Cletus, who is the founder of VIP Records, I had witnessed him working with artists and with recording music during, uh, during the seven years that I worked for him because he recorded the first ever Ice-T record. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was involved heavily with the beginning and the launching of rap music, period, in the market. So j I'm like, well, hmm. He never had a studio, but he we did a lot of studio work. So I said, well, you know, I got this extra space here in the store. I said, maybe if I set up some recording equipment, uh, you know, I can kind of create a safe space for 
young kids in the neighborhood to come hang out, maybe learn how to be a DJ or uh, a producer or a rapper or a singer or a dancer, even a comedian, which all of those things happen. 213, which is Warren, Snoop, and Nate Dogg, was the second uh, act that we really focused our attention on. And uh, so we did a uh, like a six-cut demo, and uh, I shopped it all around the industry, the every record label, and they all turned it down. And so uh, uh, after that, Warren took the uh, demo to a bachelor party that Dre was a part of, and uh, he said, you know, Dre was listening. He's like, hey, man, who is that? And so Warren told him, he said, hey, man, that's my homeboy, Snoop Dogg. I've been trying to tell you about him. So the story goes is that the following night that Dre had Snoop in the studio doing uh, 187 to the Deep Cover soundtrack, which is the song that launched his career because he came back and did most of the work on The Chronic. Mm -hmm. And after The Chronic, he did Doggy Style. We had the VIP records in District 6, right? It was in District yeah, 6? Yeah, it's in 6 District. And then how how many others were there? There were That wasn't the only VIP records, correct? No, we probably, at the height, probably had, you know, 12 locations because okay. we had stores in uh, L.A., Compton. We had stores at one time in Inglewood, at one time in Pasadena, at one time in Moreno Valley, oh, wow. uh, Gardena, so over the years, and, and uh, you know, a, a, even the first VIP record store was in South Central L.A. on 108th and Broadway, and that was 1967. Mm -hmm. So I didn't join the team until 1972. And uh, uh, we opened a store on uh, Vernon and Figueroa near uh, uh, USC was probably the second store open. And then, uh, you know, around... Uh, you know, my favorite store was a uh, 28th and Crenshaw, and that store was open in '74, and that's when we became very popular with uh, uh, record companies and labels and stuff because they're like, "How's this store selling all this music?" But we, uh, you know, nobody did it like VIP. VIP Record was the first store that had an in-store DJ. I mean, that was your job. That's all you did was spin. So if somebody came in and was looking for Al Green, well, the DJ's like, okay, well, if they like Al Green, let me drop this Freddie Jackson. Mm -hmm. Let me. So it, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it it would be funny, and I sometimes would be embarrassed and stuff because see, back in the day, you know, first and fifteen was popular counting check day. Yeah. It was many times I would ask somebody, I'm like, have you paid your rent yet? You paid your bills? Oh, look, nobody did it better than VIP records and stuff. And, you know, uh, when it comes to selling and pushing uh, music. And, and for that, uh, rap music on the West Coast in this market never would have made it if it hadn't been for the effort of independent record stores. Because of the game situation, there was no freedom of movement. So, I mean, if you the hard rapper in Long Beach, you just a hard rapper in Long Beach. Right. It wasn't like you can go to Compton. Your original VIP Records was at, that, which is now a 7-Eleven, right? Yeah, right? yeah. The Long Beach store, yeah. Uh, from uh, 78 until 20, like 2014, 
we was in the building where 7-Eleven is today. And why did it move? Well, you know what? It's kind of crazy. I've been actually trying to get out of this business for uh, uh, many years. So at that time, uh, you, you know, for, for me, <clears throat> the industry crashed in 2003. It's when the industry crashed. And that's when, you know, uh, uh, people was downloading, people's music was getting exposed before it could even be released getting leaked out uh that's when uh my son had, one day had told me he said and he was going to poly across the street from the store oh, yeah. and he was saying dad he said i don't see how you selling anything and because it's like kids at the at the school with backpacks full of cds right. and stuff for a dollar or what yeah mm -hmm. so and, and and it took a toll and stuff so we was already suffering but at that point in 2003, to me, I says when it crashed, is be when the major record companies stopped supporting uh, retail marketing. At that time, we were just, you know, talented in the area of uh, just figuring it out. So we uh, uh, start. We already had a DJ service and stuff that did clubs and and parties. Uh, I start. I set up a area where I would transfer uh, VHS mm. to DVD. You know, a lot of people had cassettes now and they needed CDs. So we, we created profit centers within the store mm -hmm. to help us stay above water. But, you know, we really wasn't making any money and stuff. So just like now, um, Vinyl records is coming back in a that. major way, and I'm like, now nah, am I gonna do this right. or what? You know, and I'm kind of, I kind of have to because I, I I got all of this. I got like, you know, twenty thousand albums, right. uh, ten thousand uh, cassette CDs. Uh, I probably got five thousand uh, forty-five records and stuff. Mm -hmm. So. I have to, uh, but I'm talking to stores across the country and a few of them even in this market saying that they are having their best business years yet. And it's because of vinyl. And you were talking about this on, on the last time we met saying that you had actually put the sign on eBay. Yeah. But then the mayor was like, no, you can't do that because it's this long beach symbol, right? Well, it, it didn't actually come from the mayor, but uh, I had it on ebay and uh you know my goals were to uh, sell it and you know really go off into other things that i wanted to do in my lifetime and uh you know i would say the first uh week it was up to the bid was up to like it was over a hundred thousand mm -hmm. uh the first week that we had it listed so uh you know i was told that the uh, you know, I was asked to take the sign. Could I take the sign off of uh, eBay and get a city council time to meet to uh, discuss the possibility of buying the sign? And so, uh, you know, because, you know, everybody wanted the sign to, you know, stay either on on the building or somewhere within Long Beach. So I didn't have a problem with that. So uh, I, I would like that too. But, you know, the sign was a big part of 
and still is a big part of my retirement, you know, if you look at it like that. So I did. And so it just kind of, thing just kind of kept going and I wasn't um, contacted by my council person as far as the update on it. So, uh, you know, next I had heard that the owner of the center had had uh, applied to make the sign a historic landmark. So when we found out about that, then it's, that's kind of when the little fight started on who actually owned the sign. So it was determined, you know, that, you know, that I actually own the sign. So we were able to put that part to rest. So now, you know, the next move was to continue moving forward and uh, trying to identify and locate a place to uh, build this museum. Because uh, during the time that after I took it off of uh, eBay, you know, I was still up for selling it. But then when there, there was never an offer actually made from the city, so during that time period when I like, I don't even want to sell the sign now. I want to open a museum and uh, have the sign be the anchor for the museum and stuff. So then that's when I started moving in that direction. And so along that way, uh, I had a conversation with the mayor and he had told me, uh, he kind of uh, kind of weighed it out on uh, the benefits of it actually being a historic landmark uh, because historic landmark have certain uh, benefits and stuff, certain... Uh, financial benefits? Financial benefits. Uh, you know, there are uh, grants and other things that's associated with it being a historic landmark. Why didn't they start with that? Why didn't they start with that instead of starting with the, let's see who owns it? Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Because you're sitting I, over here talking I, about it all nice. I'd still be mad about I, that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have to forgive them and move on mm -hmm. and stuff because uh, I figured that, you know, it, it, it's kind of like when I came to Long Beach uh, back in the day, when I first came to Long Beach, this was a hard city. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I kind of uh, got where I am today just showing love and, and just trying to figure it out. And so, uh, you know, I've been good to this city. I know I have and stuff. Do you feel like this city's been good to you in return? Um, not uh, as good as it could have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I've had issues and stuff. Because uh, I've, I've been dealing with uh, the Association of Rap Music. So, uh, you know, I know that there was issues with the police department because uh, they said, well, the officers have a problem with VIP because the VIP is associated with rap music and rap music is Snoop Dogg. You know, because for so many years, Snoop could not even perform in Long Yeah, Beach I know that. Mm -hmm. Behind a song that he made when he was like a teenager. I was going to say like 17, 16, 17, Yeah, 187 like and mm -hmm. stuff. It, 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 it went along with the movies and stuff. So, uh, you know, you look at all these uh, big time uh, movies where they killed whole countries and stuff. And, yeah, and or look hold, at the news and see yeah. what police are doing. But. Uh, really? So <laughs> they're going to hold that against them for making a right. song. 
So, uh, yeah, because uh, I know Mayor Beverly O'Neill has said that as long as she lives, he uh, never perform in Long Beach again. So, and, and I got blamed for a lot of that. Or I got, you know. You were the scapegoat. Yeah. So, like I said, I forgive them and move on and stuff because uh, it's crazy. You know, back in the day and stuff, I, my mailman, my UPS driver, my FedEx uh, driver would say, look, man, I don't know what's going on, but it's people going through all of your packages and they don't work for us. So I know what that was about and stuff, but I, I know that I wasn't guilty of any of that. And they, if they found anything in any of those things, they put it there. So, you know, and those things do and have happened. Do you ever feel like you, you, well, let me rephrase that. If it was, if the situation was reversed and you were Snoop Dogg and he was you, would would you be more supportive of him? Do you think that maybe there's a lack of support on his end well, or some of the other groups you've put on? I think that it definitely could get more support. They they could be more supportive and stuff. It's just like right now with launching this NFT thing. Launching the NFT is kind of like releasing the record. Right. And so when you release a record, you want it already be in rotation you right. want people to already be checking for it and stuff because when release date come you know with most record company release week is big right. so they that the first week numbers mean things so with me you know it's going to be important that people that i have uh supported in the past show up and support uh, the movement of VIP in the NFT space and doing this museum uh, situation itself is, I will be heartbroken if uh, if they don't really show up. Because, see, one thing about what I've done in the past and stuff, I don't feel like I'm not going to, you won't ever hear me say I take credit for the Snoop Dogg success, Warren G., uh, none of the other guys and stuff, but I look at it like this, you know, okay, you take a Bentley, a Rolls Royce, a Maserati, and you set them out there and you take the starter out of them. Where are they going? Nowhere. I see in my lifetime where I've started things for people and, uh, and they just took off and went on and stuff, but nobody ever thinks about the starter and stuff it's not even they as important as it is they don't think about it so i look in at over my life and stuff uh, i look at how i showed up and what i did for the release of um, snoop's project when he first started with uh, master p and no limit and stuff the record company called on me to support that I look at when Snoop dropped the East Siders project, Deuce, uh, first project, uh, Snoop Dogg present the East Siders. Uh, the VIP record logo is on the yeah. back of the CD. And so uh, they didn't ask me if they could do that. Matter of fact, TVT came and said, you know, uh, we need you to help us with this project. We know that you're the president of the uh, Retail Association on the West Coast. So we know that you have a relationship all across the country. So we need this new project to be all that it could be. So, uh, but that's uh, that's me. I mean, I was going to do that anyway and stuff. So when they showed me that uh, pitch on the back of it, I'm like, 
if you would have told, asked me first, I said, I probably wouldn't have told you to do that because, uh, you know, everybody don't love VIP. So you got now this logo is in everybody's store. So, uh, but they did it because they know how important, well, they know my reach and stuff. So I look at myself today, like I say, in order to move forward with uh, a lot of things that I like to do today, we need what they call today influencers. Right. Well, I look back over my career and stuff, and I've been an influencer all my life. So how can we do better as a city? Uh, I the I know our local leaders, our government have really been dragging their feet on this for a long time, but um, how can we kind of put some heat under that fire? You know, I, I think uh, Rhonda uh, Love from Dream Creative for spearheading it, but uh, she been talking with uh, Mayor Garcia, and, uh, you know, we know his terms up, in a few more months. So uh, he had indicated to her that he would love to see this sign back in public view, you know, before he leave office. But even if it's not, he wanted to make sure that there was a clear pathway of it coming back, meaning that we want to get it back out where uh, in public view and still move forward to find a permanent home and stuff. Uh, museum uh if even if we don't do the museum we want to do a vip experience which would be similar to a museum but not as big a level have they named a location yet uh we are looking at a couple of sites uh actually in in the downtown area possibly uh in the area around the pike like that's priority one for me is to find a new home for the sign, uh, uh, get it back out in public view, because I'm telling you, it's like on a weekly basis, I'm gonna get somebody from Japan, France, Germany coming to the store, and like I said, the first thing they ask is where's the sign. And the sign that you had out on Sunday, that's a that's a replica. Yeah. It's a nice replica. Yeah, it's a nice replica and, and that's going we're gonna be using that as far as uh, taking it around uh Long Beach and other cities uh uh as part of our fundraising efforts to uh, raise money to to uh, move forward with our goal. Uh we even actually doing something uh at Roscoe's Jazz Lounge, we do every first and third Wednesday of the month, we do uh, uh, live band night where we have live, uh, live band and singers coming out performing music from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, we pick Wednesday night because it's like a good midweek night to get out and get away from that. Yeah. <laughs> Get out and come out and enjoy uh, some good music in a real safe environment. You know, there's no parking issues. And, you know, uh, the band just been unbelievable uh, uh, the few months that we've been doing it. So, you know, I invite everybody from the area to come out. How else can we support? Is there a like a GoFundMe or is there a website where people can donate? So, yeah, actually, they can go to uh, our website is worldfamousviprecords.com, uh, but you can just type in simply VIPLBC.com, the short version. Mm-hmm. 
to get to the website. We do have a, a, a button on there that you can uh, donate uh, money to. But uh, this is something, you know, I look back over my uh, uh, lifetime and uh, and the things that I've done. And, and I'm not a, a real good person at, at asking for help. Mm-hmm. Now, I can go out and ask for help for you. Well, then <laughs> but, ask for help for me, for you. <laughs> so, but I, I, I'm not good at it. And, and that runs throughout my family and yeah. stuff. But... Uh, the stuff that I did back in the day, and sometimes, you know, I get a little frustrated. I'm like, you know, I could have been investing. I, I should have invested that money into real estate or, uh, 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 you know, a savings account for my kids and stuff. But, you know, when I look back at what I did and when I did it and why I did it, the, the city was suffering. And, uh, you know, you got kids that just... You know, uh, like I say, I was able to stay here in Long Beach and, and do the things that I've done, just showing love and stuff. And I, trust me, I was respected by the hardest or the hardest in Long Beach. So, and that was because you know, uh, you know, I'm always uh, came element a part of the situation and stuff. You know, you like right now for big fight breakout. Uh, majority of the people would pull out their phone oh, yes. and stuff so instead of trying to defuse things. I was always the diffusers, you know. I stood between insane and twenties. I stood between bloods and crips. I stood between East Coast and West Coast and stuff because either somebody's going to end up dead or in prison. And, uh, yeah, it just, it's always... Uh, 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 a way out and stuff. I tell people all the time, I'm like a Martin Luther King baby and stuff. You know, I got a little Malcolm in me too, but mostly Martin. <laughs> this is great. And thank you so much. So let, one more question. If you, if you could just have your wish and it would happen in an instant, where would you like, do you have a location that you, you have in mind that you're like, this would be the ideal place to have this museum? Definitely, it has always been that I would have liked for the history to continue where it started at. But uh, the uh, center where I'm at now, it, it actually was recently sold about seven, eight months ago. And uh, we didn't even know it was for sale until it was already in escrow. Nobody had mentioned anything to us about it. So... Uh, uh, you know, I, w- I would like to have it there. Uh, and then it's like other areas that did it. Something doesn't happen with all other areas that I that I really, really wanted and really could see it at. Uh, so now it would just be kind of a, a new experience and stuff. So we, we're keeping our eyes open. Uh, you know, uh, I would say either 6th District or more towards the downtown area is mainly where, where we're looking at now. I think the world could live without 1-7-Eleven, though. Without a doubt. And <laughs> that 7-Eleven has not been good to us. Uh, it has been a magnet for, uh, you know, homeless people. And it's, it's you know, it, it has really brought the area down uh, uh 
uh, since they since they've been there. I have to tell you a story that I learned when I interviewed Kelvin a few weeks ago about the sign. So if you didn't know, when VIP Records acquired the location at PCH and MLK Avenue in June of 1978, the previous occupants had left their sign on the roof. They were a liquor store called Whistler's Liquor. The owner of the building told Kelvin and his brother that they could remove the sign, but they would have to pay to remove it themselves. Kelvin's brother took a look at the sign and decided that the circular part could be a record. The guy whistling could be whistling along with the music, made some other changes, added the VIP part, and voila. This really lines up with the legacy of VIP records. Even the studio in the record store that launched so many legendary careers was just extra space that was repurposed to give kids a chance to come in, create, and give back to their community in a positive way. I truly, truly want to commend Kelvin Anderson for his disposition and his optimism because while I am disappointed that the artists and the city that have benefited so much from an influencer such as Kelvin have failed to honor such an amazing legacy. I'm like Kelvin now and I am confident we can do better and truly amplify this piece of history. So do me a favor and make sure you check out the description or the article on lbpost.com and find out how you can support the Where's the Whistler campaign either by donating on the website at VIPLBC or you can enjoy some great independent music in person every first and third Wednesday at Roscoe Jazz Lounge located at 720 East Broadway. The show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets are just $10. And the amazing part is there is parking. Thank you again so much to Kelvin for stopping by and giving us an update as we try to make sure this VIP sign is out in the forefront so we can all enjoy it and remember that legacy. And thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe. I will see you next week. And remember, if you have to speak a word, make sure it's a good one.